0: morning church in the valley welcome back to uh to another sunday service we're glad that you're joining us whether you are in person sitting in these seats or watching from the warmth and comfort of your home um, it's a little bit cold up here so some cold jokes are being made but you can check out our lyrics and our service notes uh, at CIVLhambra.com forward slash sunday uh, there again you'll find all the lyrics for today as well as uh, notes for what rick is going to speak on uh, you should be able to find like announcements out there too um, anyways it'll be good would you join us as we sing in worship Com forward slash sunday uh, We're singing a couple of newer Christmas songs today. <laughs>
1: Victor, well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church in the Valley. Uh, my name is Chris Hines, and I'm one of the uh, community group leaders here at Church in the Valley. I also help out on Sundays with our kids' on ministry, so I got to spend last month with the kids in the back, which was a lot of fun. Um, we've got a couple announcements for you. Uh, one thing, again, as Victor mentioned earlier, if you need the notes, if you need uh, the lyrics, uh, those are found at cibalhambra.com/sunday. That'll get you all that, that information. Uh, There's also other couple pieces of information there that I'll mention in just a minute. Uh, But if you are one of our guests, uh, this is your first time with us, we have a book that's available for you called How Good is Good Enough. Uh, That's one of the things that you can grab um, as you're heading out today. Uh, But we'd love you to have that just as a thank you for being with us today. Um, It is Christmas time, which means we get to do some Christmas announcements, which is kind of fun. Uh, We have an offering uh, that we're going to be doing through the end of January, actually, called our Christmas offering. And that's an opportunity for you to give uh, above your normal tithes and offerings uh, to some ministries that uh, uh, Church in the Valley is going to be supporting. Uh, That's ministries in Europe. There's some ministries in Asia that we're supporting. There's also a lot of local ministries like uh, Christian Challenge uh, and as well as a women's shelter that we're going to support. But that information, again, as I mentioned, is available on the app. There's a little tab there that you can click on about Christmas offering to learn a little bit more about what we're giving to. Um, And then to give that offering, you can click on the giving tab, and you can either choose to give to the normal offering, the general offering, or there's a Christmas offering option there as well. So that'll be available to you. Again, the Christmas offering will go through the end of January. Uh, Our goal is to raise $18,000 to help support those ministries. Uh, So hopefully, uh, as God blesses you this season, we'll have an opportunity to bless others. The other thing I want to mention related to Christmas is that uh, we have a lot of people that do a lot of work on Sunday mornings to make church happen. Uh, So as a thank you to them, uh, to give them a little bit of time back with their families this year, uh, we are not going to be having service on December 27th. So that's the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's. We won't be having service that Sunday. Uh, We will be having service on January 3rd uh, as we get back and get welcomed back into the new year. Uh, But again, on the 27th, as a thank you to our volunteers no service that day. That's all we got. Uh, Rick Durst will be hearing from us, so uh, welcome once again. Uh, Let's go ahead and welcome up Rick Durst, or are you guys singing another song? Oh, one more song, and then Rick will come on up, so. Do you guys want to stand with
0: us for this?
2: that you are our everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. Thank you that you came as an infant and that you died for our sins. We pray in this Christmas season that we will keep that in our hearts and in our minds. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: You guys can have a seat. Rick. Welcome
3: up. good morning CIV it's good to see you it's good to be with you I'm going to set my uh, my phone to uh, tell me what time it is so how long I'm speaking. What I'd really like to say is I'm just going to look at this once. It probably won't look at it again, but if it makes you feel better, I'm looking at the phone. Um, let me invite you to open up your, if you've got a Bible with you uh, on your device or in, in your hand, uh, to James chapter 3. It's, uh, James, the book of James is sort of at the end of the New Testament, Uh, Just uh, five chapters I'm only going to look at one uh, this morning So James chapter 3 And um, I want to focus On something but it's going to take me a while To get to it There is twice in this short passage It talks about wisdom From above That God wants us To have wisdom from above And I was thinking that You know I'm in the process Of switching my internet so I've I have 5G, but I think this wisdom from above is 3G. It's, you know, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so I'll say 3G. Not three gods, but, you know, one God, three persons. But this wisdom, once it is downloaded, it starts doing stuff to you. It changes the way you respond to people. It changes the way you use your words. This wisdom from above is an amazing, amazing thing. Now, like many of you, I grew up in a home where uh, one of the watchwords was, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Um, That went pretty well as long as my parents were around, but when my brothers and I were just eating breakfast, that wasn't really the rule. But we knew what the rule was. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And then uh, another rule or lesson is sort of similar to this passage we're going to look at in James chapter 3, and it was, words matter. Be careful how you use your words because people don't forget. And I was just thinking, 40 years ago, I was playing basketball at the, uh, at the, the middle school, and I remember I missed a shot, and the ball kind of rolled towards this younger kid. And I don't remember if he grabbed the ball and then gave it to me or I grabbed it just before he could get the ball. But as I picked up the ball, I looked him in the face and he said, Hi, fat face. And I remember putting the ball in my arm and feeling my face. I thought, it's not really fat. But I've never forgotten that, that he said that. So words do matter. Words stick with us. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words shall never hurt. Words do hurt, but also words can heal. Words are important, and in James chapter 3, it starts off this way. Not many should become teachers. Oh, I, I want to stop. I, Liz, I loved your prayer, but I want to take prayer in just a different way, so could we stop and pray one more time? All right. Lord, thank you for this day. It's a blessing to us. Thank you for these songs. Lord, um, We want to appreciate the gift of Christ. We want to appreciate and and praise the gift that you've given to us. Lord, but we know you're not done giving, and like this passage speaks, there's a wisdom that you would be willing to put into us. You're generous with your wisdom. And so, Lord, we pray that in this, this hour we'd have a fresh experience or a first experience of having a heavenly download of your kind of wisdom, with your words. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Part of the reason I want to pray is because uh, a couple of years ago, I was asked to speak on this particular passage. And then a couple of months after I spoke, this woman came up to me. And she said, you know, I was in church when you spoke the last time. And I'm an attorney. And in my law firm, I'm pretty known as a well, she used the expression of potty mouth. She's, she used a lot of profanity, and, you know, I, I didn't know this about her, so she's just telling me new information. And she said, but during that service, something happened to me. And when I went to work on Monday, my words were different, and everybody immediately began to notice a difference. Something now, I'll say it this way, something got downloaded during that service. And I pray if that's what your particular need is this day, you'll, you'll experience that and, and, and see the fruit of it. Now, if you know a little bit of New Testament history, the book of Acts is sort of the history book there. Uh, and when the church got really launched in uh, Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people in one single day said, yeah, that's true. Jesus is true. I want to follow Christ. His death is death for my sin. 3,000 came. A couple of weeks later, 5,000 had joined. So this, this church went from zero, well, 12, I'll say, to 5,000 so quickly. And because it was in Jerusalem, there are a lot of people there with significant uh, sort of background um, in, in the Hebrew faith. So they knew a lot of Bible. And so when they became followers of Christ, they asked, could we become teachers? So they had a lot of people, they had a big need for teachers, small group leaders like Chris is, um, but uh, James said, we're looking for something in particular with our teachers. And so he, he launches this this way. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment, for we will stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is able to control his whole body. Uh, now, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey, we also guide the whole animal. Consider ships. Though they are very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So, too, though the tongue is a very small part of the body, it boasts of great things. Consider how, a large, forest, uh, how large a forest a small fire can ignite, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of the bodies, it pollutes the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire, and uh, is set on fire by hell. Every sea creature, reptile, bird, animal is tamed, and has been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. We praise our Lord and Father, with it, and we curse men who made it in God's likeness with it. Praising and cursing come out of the same mouth. Brothers, this should not be the way. Does a spring pour out sweet and then bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. So these 12 verses are trying to Uh, alarm us, so to speak, with the power of the tongue. It's as if everybody carries this weapon of mass destruction between their lips. And James wants to make that very clear on how things are going to work in the church. Uh, Here at CIV, I should say. Um, So if that's the case, I I, I need to make some decisions. Um, Number one, I'm going to measure my maturity by my management of my words. This is really biblical speech therapy. I will measure my maturity by managing my words. In verse 2 it said, If anyone is never at fault in what he or she says, that person's mature, able to keep the whole body in check. So you can, I can use my tongue to keep things in check. Um, you steer your life with your tongue. In biblical anatomy... Your tongue is connected to your heart. So what's in your heart comes out your tongue. Um, What the heart beats, the tongue speaks. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it says, But the things come out of the mouth come from the heart. These make a man unclean. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart? We'll know pretty quick because we'll listen to your words. Your words reveal my words reveal what's in my heart. Second, I will remember the incredible impact of my words. Words have an impact on people's lives. Uh, It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but what great things it can boast of. And then he gives all these examples of how small things control big things. Uh, The bit in the horse of the mouth, the rudder that steers the whole ship, Um, the little fire now we know a lot about fires here in in LA Uh, a little spark can cause a big fire Um, and the tongue is like that Uh, where I do my hiking there are several signs up about rattlesnakes and the tongue is like that viper you know, I'm, I'm being doing very well and things are going good, but then somebody cuts me off in traffic. Or uh, yesterday, my wife said there were a bunch of people lined up to purchase, and you know, they're all six feet distance. And this guy came and got right in front of my wife. Um, and I, I imagine, quickly, she had a desire to put him straight. I won't go into that because she's watching on TV right now. So, all right. Uh, I, and our family have to pay royalty if you tell this story on anybody, so I'm not going to tell that story. Uh, but you know what that's like. Um, your tongue is what guides your life. Um, number three, I will respect the destructive potential of the tongue. It says, The tongue is also fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, gets the whole course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's pretty strong language. He's trying to make a point that something burns in the tongue that has an undomesticated response to it. There's a nature in there. Well, who can control the tongue then? Who can do that? Um, why does the sinful nature have such a home in the tongue? Um, in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, is very interesting where Isaiah, the prophet, is being called into ministry and he makes a confession. He confesses, I'm a man of unclean lips. So he already gets James 3. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. And then he goes silent because he had no answer to that problem. So God sends a seraphim. A seraphim is like a super angel, like a, a turbo cherub. And the seraphim comes down and puts a coal of fire, a hot fire, on his tongue to cleanse that. And I've always wondered this. Okay. Now Isaiah has got a clean tongue, but he still dwells amongst the people of unclean tongues. So that's his ministry to help people. And it's as if God has set a backfire in his tongue so there's not that burning anymore. God's that downloaded that three G wisdom into his life and you know the rest is history. I really encourage you to read the, um, the book of Isaiah and his prophecies, what a ministry he had. Um, so, what's the answer? The answer is I must, I must confess my need for God's help to tame my tongue. I can't tame it, God's gonna have to help me. Um, one way that God helps is if I will memorize and meditate scripture, you know, greater is he who controls himself than he who controls the city and it starts with my words it starts with my tongue i think when james says hey out of a out of you know do you ever go to a drinking fountain in sweet water and then it's salt water it's sweet water salt water? yet our tongue can bless and it can curse and that shouldn't be the case it we're here to bless uh not to curse um out of the mouth come blessing and cursing so i need to ask god to let me use my words today to be a blessing to be a blessing when I go to the grocery store, when I get gas uh, in my neighborhood with my family, to be a blessing with my tongue. that my words matter in that way. I would like to kind of depart for just a second and give you four uh, theological insights into um, how you give recognition. And I talked about this two weeks ago a little bit. Uh, But when you speak to a person, you're giving recognition to them. And words have the power to condemn people to make them feel worthless. Uh, uh, Scripture says that only once in anybody's life will God say to them, depart from me. I take no pleasure in you. You know, God can condemn. It's not our job. It's not your job to condemn. And, And if somebody tries to condemn you, you need to reject that. Only God has that power that authority. So your words can have the power to make people feel worthless. And, you know, I don't want to give that recognition. The words have the power to correct performance and direction. Now, that's a good thing, to give very clear criticism. And I talked about this previously. On the other side, I could give recognition for good performance, um, for good carrying out the work. good... Um, of following the assignment, doing it on time, doing it well, read the directions. Uh, frankly, yesterday, I had a breakthrough. Um, I was putting a China, I mean, a, excuse me, a new cabinet in the bathroom, and all the plumbing was in the way of the drawers. You know what I did? I solved the whole problem by actually reading the directions. You ever done that? <laughs> That's what I love about the Bible. It's like directions on life. It's always there. And so I was able to switch the drawers to this side and the cabinet to this side. And I felt so brilliant, but all it really was is I read the directions (laughs) and followed the directions. Um, And I'm just waiting for someone to come up and say, Rick, you did a good job calling directions. And that really works. The fourth one is words have the power to affirm personhood and character. you remember when Jesus is being baptized and this voice comes from heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased? You know, a big part of the spiritual life is really how much the father loves the son and the spirit. And when that happens, then I have a desire also to be loving towards others with words of affirmation. Okay, now, let's get to this 3G download of wisdom from above. Look at verse 13, who's wise among you and has understanding, he should show his works by good conduct with wisdom's gentleness, wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, even demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exists, there is discord and every kind of evil, Okay, here it comes, verse 17, but the wisdom from above, he mentions this twice, the wisdom from above, this wisdom has power to work in our lives to make our tongues what we've been talking about. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. So if you haven't paid attention till now, this is the time to pay attention. Because when God puts this wisdom in your heart through Christ, you're going to behave different than people are expecting you to behave. Do you remember the woman Mary who Jesus and the Apostles rescued from sex trafficking. Uh, she was so embedded in that that she'd even become demon possessed. And after being delivered and, and sort of following Christ, um, Jesus was at a dinner. I guess it was a male only kind of thing. But she crashes the party with a bottle of, of Nard, which is, you know, the expensive equ- equivalent of Chanel number no. five. And she pours the whole thing out on his feet. Because she noticed they hadn't bothered to wash his feet. Which was very much courtesy in in that day. So she washed his feet. And then she looked around for a towel. There was no towel. So she just let down her hair and used her hair to dry it. Um, And that was heavenly wisdom. If you and I experience wisdom like that, we're going to find ourselves doing things we'd never expect ourselves to do. Because it's that wisdom from above at work because of the grace we found in Christ. Um, and I like that adventure. I want to go on that, that, that adventure. Um, Paul talks about his own experience of this wisdom coming down from above. He was in Athens he went to a part of Athens where the professors of philosophy hung out, uh, the Areopagus, and as he's going there, they have all these little statues that are different gods that are worshipped, you know, by Greeks, and they they covered there all their bases because they hadn't even had a little statue it was called statue to an unknown god. So if they hadn't, if there was somebody they had left out of the, you know, the panorama, of uh, the Pantheon, so to speak they want to cover it by having an unknown god. So Paul comes in there and these guys are the kind who always like to you know hear the newest philosophy, uh, you know the newest kind of sort of breakout thinking. And here comes Paul. So they they asked him to share. Now what would you do? You know, if the if the philosophy professors were, you know, at uh, Starbucks or Pete's or wherever, having their coffee and you just happen to be there and they spot you, and they ask you, you know, to come and give them a little insight on uh, um, think, and what's your, your, your philosophy of life? And I assume Paul just probably just prayed, Lord, I hope this 5G stuff is working because I need some wisdom. And he lighted on that, that, that unknown God, and he said, you know, I've come to share with you who that guy is, who the unknown God is. It's in him we live and move and have our being. Now, I don't know how smart you consider yourself. It doesn't matter. Because God can give you wisdom from above and you will find yourself in situations speaking with that wisdom. And it's from him. God will make you his, his instrument. When that happens... As that happens, I can expect, oh, about seven things in this list. If I'm wise, this kind of wisdom from above, I won't compromise my integrity. I'm not going to pretend I'm what I'm not. I won't compromise my integrity. God is all about integrity, about me being who I am, me being myself. Second, I won't antagonize your anger. You know, we, we know who how to push people's buttons. And this wisdom enables me not to give people what they deserve, not to push and punch back. If I'm wise, I won't minimize your feelings. I'll be sensitive to your feelings and I'll address those feelings. Recognize it. Um, If I'm wise, I won't disregard your suggestions. I remember in college, um, I was, uh, uh, well, I was the student body president. Anyway, let say that. But I had access to a budget. And I, I just decided we had money left over. Let's take everybody to Disneyland. And so, um, you know, we organized that. I found out there was a plumber's union, and they bought a bunch of extra tickets they didn't need. So I said, okay, that's the night we'll go. I'll go buy some cheaper tickets from them from a plumbers union, and it's all, this whole thing was moving just wonderfully, and the phone rang. And it was an associate in student government, and he said, Rick, I've got a great idea. Why don't we rent buses so everybody can just go together? You don't have to take their cars. Now, you know you have two sides of your brain. Well, one side of my brain said, that's a great idea. And the other side of my brain was saying, how dare he add a good suggestion to my plan? You know, And I, I got angry right there at that second. I am so glad. I, I think the Lord just superintended my, my conversation because it was a good idea. It just wasn't my idea. You know what I mean? And this was my deal. But are we a team or not? And so I I said back to him, Scott, that's an awesome idea. I can't believe we didn't think of it sooner. Thank you. Let's make it happen. And it did happen. And it was a great celebration. It was a great time. Um, And by God's grace, by that wisdom that hit my head, I didn't disregard his suggestion. You know, parents. There's there's a wonderful book by Jim Hancock called... um, Raising adults. And, and the suggestion in the book is most parents are trying to raise children. They should be trying to raise adults. And one of the ways that they uh, raise children and, and not adults is by hijacking the kid's suggestion. You know, and maybe this happened to you. Your, your family's talking and, and you make a suggestion. And it's an awesome suggestion. And the dad or the mom grabs it and takes it over if you really want to make something of someone's suggestion stop right then and call it a great suggestion and then say this okay how should we do that let the child try out their leadership skills you know let them take the lead and you be the follower you know, it's not going to happen, it's, you know, it's not a coup d'etat, and they're going to take over the whole family, just on that thing. Don't disregard their suggestions. Um, a couple more. If it's that wisdom, I will stop maximizing your mistakes. Everybody has mistakes. Um, I have mistakes. And it's hard to get along with people who are always maximizing your mistakes. But this wisdom from above that comes from Christ, do you realize how much God could maximize our mistakes? <laughs> he knows our mistakes, but when he forgives them, he never brings them up again, ever, ever. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. Don't maximize mistakes. Uh, Next, I won't devalue your worth. Um, I, I guess I, li- I, I have uh, a friend whose sister is pregnant. And it's now been confirmed that that child is um, going to be born, born with uh, Mongoloid syndrome. And... Um, the doctors advised abortion. And my friend is, is trying to be there for his sister as she and her husband make that decision. They have two kids. And um, so I wrote another friend of mine, uh, because he was asking for advice to give to his sister, I wrote another friend of mine who has a, an, an eight-year-old um, child with this same syndrome. And she just wrote back some wonderfully uh, wise words. And so I sent those to my friend. But where where I'm headed with this is um, do not devalue someone's worth. I remember the the smartest person I think we've ever had on faculty where I work. Um, he has a daughter who's the professor of um, neurosurgery at Harvard Medical School. You know that's pretty up there. But has another uh, a son who has never been able to speak even. And I remember somebody sitting with him at, at, at lunch. He said, John. I'll bet you can't wait to get to heaven because then your son will be like your daughter. And he said, you know what? Maybe when we get to heaven, it's going to be the other way around. Um, My daughter will be like my son. In other words, he would not devalue his son. That's my son. And I want you to know something. That's how God feels about you. (sighs) Uh, He values you. He loves you. He wants you to be with him forever and ever, starting now. Nothing should separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus. That's how much he values us. And how that wisdom gets a hold of us. And we value everybody around us in the same value system. I won't devalue worth. Finally, I won't disguise my true feelings. Um, there's nothing wrong with me or with you saying to somebody, you know. I think you're right. That's what we should do. I just don't feel good about it, or it makes me afraid. Or just just share your feelings. I feel the tension between this and and this. Don't disguise your feelings. A lot of times at work, um, we hide our feelings. We we put it all like it. that doesn't really work. What really works is when I don't disguise my feelings and I say, well, you know, this is something I I feel very strongly about, but this also feels right to me. So share your emotions. Don't disguise them. Don't disguise your true feelings. Be open. You can't be open unless you know you're loved. You can't be open. Unless this wisdom of Jesus Christ is working in your life. Um, so sign up for the download. <laughs> wisdom from above. The wisdom of heaven. Now, if you want to fit in in the world, this is not going to work. God does not give you this wisdom to fit in, God gives you this wisdom because you're His. God gives you this wisdom because he has a mission in the world. He wants to show people a different way of being and caring and loving. You won't fit in. You may stand out, even as you stand up for the Lord. Uh, This is heavenly speech therapy. Uh, And this makes you the salt and light of the world according to scripture. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much that you don't devalue us, that you value us. We know the true value because of Christ, your son's death for us, that our sins will be forgiven. Thank you for not maximizing our sins and our failures, but forgiving them. Thank you, Lord, for putting wisdom in our hearts and song words in our mouths. Lord, uh, if there's someone here today who desperately needs that wisdom, I pray they'll cry out to you and that you'll hear in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks, Rick we're going to take some time to, to reflect on that and to think about that um, and as Rick has encouraged if you need that wisdom um, spend some time and just ask God for that um, he says actually in James that he gives wisdom freely and without reproach to anyone who asks um, so I'd encourage you to take some time to think about that Thank you for the wisdom you give to us, the way that we can live lives that are different than this world, that are separate. And God, as we enter this season, as we continue to remember wisdom personified, the man who had all the wisdom of God born as a baby. Pray that we would cry out for him, and that we would bow before him and as we continue singing to you that that reality would be true in our hearts, that hope has a name, that wisdom has a name, that righteousness has a name, the name is above all other names it's the name of your son Jesus. It's okay. Can you hear Hobie's guitar? You can you hear that one at least? Well, it's okay because Hobie's going to lead us on our last song. and We can warm up, put your hands together, it's going to be a faster one.
3: He has done great things
2: for us. He has done great things for us. He has done great things for us. He has done great things for us.
0: joining us this Sunday.
2: Have a great week. We're dismissed.